Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If it's your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click on new. If you felt that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, I've got a theory. I, I think we have a tendency to not show gratitude for things we have, in some cases, maybe even for our very lives and where we are until we wake up one day and we just, we no longer have them. I think we saw this play out during the COVID pandemic in various places, right? You know, and I think this is pretty true overall. Just as an example, like I never once thought about life without parents because I, I've always had them. I, I didn't, you know, flip on the lights and thank God for electricity. I don't do that very much, you know? You probably don't either. And that's because you flip on the switch and the lights are supposed to come on, right? It's just kind of like a given. I don't worry about food. Like I can choose if I want whole wheat or white wheat or honey wheat, multi-grain, raisin, banana, wheat, cinnamon, like any kind of bread that I want. I, I can be choosy about bread because I've never known what it's like to go hungry. But when the power goes out, when you've lost your job, when, when both cars stop working, right? You know, and when a loved one suddenly dies, you feel it. And oftentimes you regret, you know, not having lived the life of, of gratitude before those hard times hit. This is our second week in our, our teaching series called Thanks and Giving. We learned, you know, last week that we're supposed to stop living for each bucket and surrender all of our lives to Christ. But when we fail to surrender completely over to Jesus, we fail to live, you know, with gratitude for the buckets as well. And so instead what happens is we focus on just, just how empty each bucket looks and we compare, you know, families and we covet what others have and we become envious about someone's promotion and we get jealous over someone else's wealth. And we wish we had that person's life. And we live in this constant state of just longing for more. And longing for more leads to an empty life. So what does it look like to truly live with, with gratitude? And I want to take it to a story involving Jesus and some guys who were suffering from just a terrible skin disease called leprosy. Go to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to start in verse number 11, okay? As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered with the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Verse number 15. One of them, when he, came, uh, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Leprosy was a, a horrible disease, herpet disease. It's really rare here in the West, um, but it still exists in Eastern parts of the world. If you're not familiar with it, uh, there's, let me just explain what happens, okay? So leprosy over time, 
it eats away at your skin. So you know, your ears and noses and fingers and toes, they deteriorate and they fall off, right? Uh, those who were infected also had large open sores in their bodies. They might have like mangled arms and spines um, that were kind of crooked and you know, the bones just begin to deteriorate and crumble and they just looked really kind of like walking zombies in a way. I mean, this is no joke. So if you were treated um, kind of like that too, right? So like you were living outside of, of civilization and leper communities and colonies with other people suffering the same fate as you. And anytime you ventured out, you'd have to shout unclean and watch as people scattered away from you as if you were just some kind of monster. So imagine being one of these lepers and, and you've been away from your family and your kids and your job and your life as you knew it with this incurable disease that's destined to destroy you from the inside out. Like you would give anything to have your life back, wouldn't you? Then they see Jesus. And maybe they've heard the stories, right? Heard stories about his miracles, raising the dead, healing the sick, and it moves them to call on him. Now, you could argue that you know, they had nothing to lose. They were desperate. They would try anything, right? But I think they had an expectation. There was an expectation that Jesus could change their lives with just one word. So I noticed our passage says they shouted to Jesus. They didn't, they didn't come near to him. They believed one word could bring about the miracle that they needed. I wonder, you know, what, what's, what's the one word you're expecting to hear from God today? You know, you, you're, you're praying, you're crying out to him, you know, for a reason, right? Like, so, so why? Because there's an expectation. You have an expectation and, and you want God to give you maybe wisdom and direction that you desperately need in your life right now. Or maybe you have an expectation that, um, you know, God will open the right door for the right job. You have an expectation that God can heal your kid. You have an expectation, you know, that, that God can and will come through for you and take care of you and provide for you. And you don't need supernatural signs and religious kind of fluff. Like, you just need one word. That's it. That's, that's, and that's expectation that you have, right? And so then, then it happens here in the story. He hears their pleas, and what does he do? doesn't do anything like no magic touch no spiritual prayer just this sort of like all right well hey go let the priest check you out it reminds me of a story in the old testament about a man named naaman he had the exact same disease and uh, he journeys from his country to israel looking for a prophet named elisha now elisha doesn't come and and even meet with naaman he just he just sends a messenger who tells naaman to go wash in a river and i want you to look at naaman's response second kings chapter 5 verse 11 Naaman became angry and he stalked away and he said, I thought, you know, we, we, he would certainly come out to meet me. I, I had expected him to wave his hand over me and the leprosy would be gone, you know, and call in the name of the Lord as God and, and just heal me. <laughs> you know, we, we tend to behave like that at times, right? right? Like we, we have this expectation from God to move and to act, but often we have our own preconceived notions of how it should look and, and feel, don't we? And, and I love the response his officers give. Look at you know, verse number 13. His officers say this, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go wash and be cured. And of course, Naaman relents and he washes himself in the Jordan River seven times, as he was told to do, and he's completely healed of his leprosy. You know, when we conceive in our minds that just the right and proper ways for God to act and provide and heal, it really limits us. God limits us, though. We actually put God in a box with a set of parameters detailing how and when and what God should be doing. And we think it should be, you know, like supernatural all the time, right? Uh, we think maybe it should come from any other source 
besides the government. We think it shouldn't require a simple act of obedience. It should be, you know, an incredible trial and challenge that we overcome. If it's too simple, it just can't be God, right? It's too easy. And I think often, like, we're guilty of focusing so much on the miracle that we, we don't focus enough on the miracle worker. See, God doesn't always draw up the miracle exactly how you imagined he would. He certainly doesn't do it with, with the 10 lepers here, right? Like, he didn't heal them like he healed other people. He just told them to go do something, didn't he? He said, hey, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, that, that may not be significant to you or, 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 or to me today, but it certainly was uh, back then, right? Like, it was, it was a big deal to these lepers. This little simple task meant a lot. And here's why. In Jesus' day, the first century, only the priests could declare a person had been healed by God. Now that from Leviticus 14 too. So we read in the story um, that he, tells, he says, go see the priest. And we wonder, like, why, why did he say that? But the lepers knew in the moment when he said that something significant was going to occur. They knew that he was going to heal them. Now it didn't happen right away. Like, we, we, we don't read they were healed you know, instantaneously. God doesn't always work that way. Like, you know, miracles don't always happen just like that, a drop of a hat. Sometimes they're progressive in nature. Sometimes it's even dependent on your action. Like, you've got the faith. Okay, great. But are you doing anything with it? See, these lepers, you know, if they had walked away and gone back to their homes and their little leper colony, there wouldn't be a healing to read about. Their faith required them to act. And as they were obeying the command that Jesus gave them, they noticed something was happening. Wouldn't you invite to have been there on the road? You know, like one guy's walking along, he notices that his leg's actually kind of straight all of a sudden, and, and it's bending and buckling the way it's supposed to. And another guy, you know, he's got two eyes instead of one. Uh, there's a third one who notices that, you know, he had four fingers this morning, now he's got all ten. You know, they begin to realize that, you know, hey, their faith in action, their obedience is resulting in their healing. And oh man, what experience that must have been. Like these guys were literally decaying, dying, walking corpses, right? and they're being raised to life again as they obediently follow the command that Jesus gave them. These lepers were completely and radically changed, but only one of them comes back to thank Jesus. He didn't even make it to the priest. He was so overcome with joy and gratitude for what happened. Like he ran back. And Luke says that when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. That's the only way to really respond to something like that, isn't it? And that's because, you know, gratitude is our response to God's grace. No greater amount of grace had been shown to this leper than to have his very life returned to him. Now, you might ask, like, okay, well, what's grace? We, we hear that word thrown around a lot, especially this time of year. Grace is receiving a gift that you did nothing to earn. So every answered prayer, every sin forgiven, every miracle, it all stems from God's amazing grace. I don't know if we always respond with gratitude. You know, like I, I know we'd like to think we do, but isn't it interesting that only one of those 10 lepers came back to thank Jesus? The other nine never come back. And it's not like they weren't grateful, because I have no doubt that they were just as ecstatic as the leper who came back. They were likely so excited and elated at being healed that having their lives returned to them, they got caught up in the moment and just forgot to thank Jesus. It happens to us like all the time, doesn't it? And really, that's kind of where the problem starts for us. Like, we'll encounter God's grace. And we tend to benefit from what God does in our lives. But then we forget to thank Him for it. Benjamin Franklin once remarked this, And most people return small favors, they acknowledge medium ones, and they repay greater ones with ingratitude. 
And we make the mistake of focusing so much on the miracle, we forget to thank the miracle worker, and gratitude can result. So just to go a little bit further, we might even feel ingratitude because you know, this isn't what God is supposed to do. Like He's not supposed to heal people quite this way, right? And, and by the way, isn't He supposed to heal people anyway? Like that, that, That's what He does. Like why think teachers? Aren't they supposed to teach? Why think the waste management guys? Aren't they supposed to pick up the trash, you know? I was thinking, you know, this week during the pandemic, we were all limited to where we could go, right? We were all stuck at home. And uh, my, my oldest son, he noticed the mailman came every day to bring the mail because it's what a mailman does. <laughs> and he loved it, though. And he loved to get the mail. I mean, he was four at the time. So, like, that's a big deal for a four-year-old to get the mail by yourself. So he loved that. Well, eventually, he started writing these little thank you notes and drawing pictures, and he would leave them in the mailbox for the mailman uh, every day, right? He did this for a couple of months, and then one day, on a little sticky note, no bigger than, you know, like a couple inches at the most, he left a little message that said, thank you for the drawings. They make me so happy. You're a much better artist than me, the mailman. <laughs> Which is so simple, right? I mean, a four-year-old writing and drawing, you know, as a thank you for something that we're supposed to legally get and receive every day. <laughs> but, it's, but it's gratitude. It's gratitude. And it was gratitude which made a positive impact. You know, that 10th leper responded to God's grace with gratitude, but he notes, uh, but note that he does something else, right? He comes back praising God. And that's because that while gratitude is our response to God's grace, it's expressed in our praise. It's expressed in our praise. Notice I didn't say worship, right? Like, I love worship, but praise is a little bit different. Like, praise is boisterous and joyful and fun and loud and expressive and celebratory. Without a doubt, that leper was full of praise. Like, I, I don't know if he ran or jumped or skipped his way back to Christ, but I can guarantee you this, man, he did not walk, okay? I praise and gratitude go hand in hand together. King David, who wrote numerous prayers and songs of praise in the Old Testament, he offers this prayer of praise, expressing gratitude for who God is. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, verse number 10. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, that at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. The degree to which you are grateful often affects the depth of the praise you offer. You ever noticed how people who praise God with you know, passion and joy are typically those who've benefited greatly from God's grace? It's especially true for those who've been forgiven very much. In fact, Jesus tells a story in connection to grace and gratitude in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 verse 41. He goes, a man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one to whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, said Jesus. There's nothing like being forgiven and being set free. Nothing like being healed when there wasn't any hope left. Nothing like being down to your last penny and the right job opens up just for you. When you've been forgiven, 
when you've been healed, when God has come through, when you've been brought from death to life and a change has set in, man, you praise God, right? You let it out a little bit, you get a little loose, your gratitude is expressed. And I wonder how much has God forgiven you? What's he healed you from? What kind of miracles has he brought to your life? I don't know about you, but when I, I think of what God's done for me, man, like I want to express my gratitude. I want to praise him. I want to clap. I want to jump. I, I, I want to dance, even, even, even if I can't. I, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to share it, right? I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to share it. And I can worship by myself. I don't need anyone around me to worship. I can totally do that. I can get deep. I can fall on my knees. I can pour my heart out to God all by myself in worship. But there's something about praise which just says, dude, I got to do this with somebody else. You, you want to be with other people. Like praise happens in community when we collectively celebrate what God has done and express our gratitude for who he is. And when I, you know, when I'm praising God, like I don't focus on what I don't have. I don't compare buckets. I'm only thinking of like the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the healer, the deliverer. I'm Speaking of Jesus, man, gratitude is our response to God's grace. We don't focus on the miracle. We focus on the miracle worker. We express this gratitude by offering up praise from the depths of our soul, and we live a life marked by God's grace. And if you can do it right now, man, just praise God for what he's done for you. Praise God for his grace. Express his gratitude. Like be like that 10th leper and respond to the grace of God and the gratitude that you have and express it with praise here today. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. There is nobody like you in heaven and earth. And Lord, we give you praise today for who you are and what you've done, for the healings, for the provision, God, for saving us, Lord, for forgiving us, Lord, for showing us so much grace when we did not deserve that grace. We express that grace to you today, God, through our heartfelt praise and worship. And if there are those who are watching and listening today who don't know you, and God, they're ready to make that decision to follow after you. Lord, I pray. What, 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 what grace, oh man, what grace do they need today? Lord, I pray that, that as that grace is extended to them. In fact, hold on, if that, that, that's you. I'm going to stop for a moment because if that's you, I want you to say this prayer after me. Just, just say it in your own words like this. Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for the sin that I've done. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've committed. I've, I've tried doing things my way. It's not working out. I need to be forgiven. I got a lot I need to be forgiven of. And that grace we talked about today, Lord, I need that in my life. And so I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to cleanse me. I'm asking you to extend that grace to me and save me. And from this day forward, I'm not going to call the shots. I'm going to give my life over to you. I'm going to follow after you. Be Lord of my life. Direct me and guide me and lead me. I want to follow you from this day on. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 That is Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.